folks rise and shine it is game day the ub bulls football team is back in action and bullet points is here to preview that maction on this wednesday evening 7 p.m start on espn2 i am your host ty b and i'll be joined by kanzi tonight but first, a shout out to our sponsor, Pazza Electric. Give them a call, 716-698-2711. They can help with any commercial or residential electrical project. Doesn't matter how big or small, anything from new house wiring, uh, fuses or circuit break, breaker upgrades, or even general troubleshooting. Doesn't matter, 716-698-2711. Let them know Trainwreck Sports sent you. Kanzi. We're recording this the night before, but everyone's going to be listening it the day of. The jitters are here. I am so ready for game action. You've been around a lot of UB games. You covered the team for the Spectrum for a while. How are you feeling right now? Because this team, if this was you know a normal season, we'd be we'd be having some real aspirate, real high aspirations. You know, some people ask me would ask me when I would cover the team, like, you know, why are you so excited about mid-major schools? Because mid-major football can be very competitive and very exciting. Um, and I just think that it's, it's an exciting time to be a UB Bulls football fan, you know, especially with, um, you know, I mean, three seasons where they were bowl eligible for the first time ever. I mean, that's insane. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the Makers Wanted Bowl or the Meineke Car Care Bowl or the Haynes Herway Bowl. I don't know, whatever bowl you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 just amazing that, uh, um, you know, that there's uh, that, that the UB Bulls are participating or playing in those bowl games. Um, but again, Mid-American football, uh, conference football is back. Um, and the UB Bulls are going to be playing football, which is incredible. I mean, this city needs a little more right now. We have the Bills. Hockey season still up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, so to have Mid-American football back, Mid-American Conference football back, the Jolly Rogers coming back, that's mm-hmm. insane. I'm excited for that. But uh, you're right, man. Those jitters, you can tell. I'm a little I'm a little up about this. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm talking in circles right now. That's how excited yeah, I am. There's, there's a lot to be excited about, Kanzi, and we'll be getting into that. Um, it's a very, very juicy matchup here against NIU. There's a lot to love when you're looking at it from a Bulls perspective. Let's, you know, take a little initial gander here at the Northern Illinois Huskies. It's a very, very different version of the Huskies than we're used to. They've dominated the Mac in the, you know, the 2010s. Uh, they went to seven of of the 10 Mac championships, um, in that decade, and they've won, I believe, three of them. So their success compared to the Bulls' success in the MAC, it's night and day. But where UB is right now, it's sort of the exact opposite of where Northern Illinois is. They seem to be falling from their perch ever since that comeback win over UB in the 2018 MAC championship. Last season was a huge step back. Um, obviously, you transitioned to. Uh, Thomas Hammock is your new head coach who comes after spending four or five seasons as a running backs coach in the NFL. Um, He's a former NIU player, but the team takes a huge step back, only five wins. And the numbers, you look at it, I I believe bottom 50, bottom 25 in both uh, total defense, total offense. So the team struggled all around and coming into this season, there's a complete overhaul in this roster, five projected starters transfer out you have to bring in 
55 freshmen, I believe. Um, there are 55 new players. You have 66 underclassmen on this roster. Um, it's a completely different Northern Illinois team. There's no doubt about it. And last year they struggled and they might struggle this year as well. One position they do bring back though, is the quarterback Ross Bowers did start eight games last year for the team, ended up with 2,100 passing yards, um, but actually threw more interceptions and touchdowns. And I'm not too confident in, in, in Bowers if I'm NIU. Kanzi, what are your thoughts on, on the Cal transfer? Well, uh, you know, on the Cal transfer, um, you know, I, I think that when these big name guys come into these mid-major schools, you know, you expect a lot out of them. This this leadership, they've played in the bigger games in the mid-American schools. Um, you know, you look for consistencies. You know, maybe the game slows down a little bit for them. You know, maybe they're able to find passing lanes they never were able to find. Um, but, you know, there's just some things out of Ross Bowers that, that you and I talked about, you know, I think I even said like, Oh, big name, but you were saying eh, he's, he's not, not really up to par. So um, it's almost like they're, um, you know, uh, they're, they're trying to make something out of nothing in a sense. Um, you know, you got to remember the quarterback position for NIU for those uh, seven out of the, out of 10 years, the champs from 2010 to 2019. Um, they only, I, I, you know, that's, that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. I mean, they dominated, but yeah. they had Chandler Harnish. They had Jordan Lynch. These were hybrid guys. These were guys that they would run dual threat where uh, they would control the clock, but while they were controlling the clock, they were shoving the ball down your throat. So um, I, I just don't see it this year. Uh, you know, a, a bigger name guy maybe, but um, you know, this NIU team has got a lot to figure out. Um, Trey Harbison transferred to Charlotte, their leading rusher. Yep. So, I mean, like that, that hurts them too. Uh, and their second leading rusher, uh, Marcus Childers, uh, is gone as well. So, um, you know, there, there's not that uh, gruesome twosome, as I call it. There's not those guys in the oh, lineup. Oh, they've got, that gonna be they've got to nothing. Play. They returned 43 total rushing yards in the backfield. Um, yeah. So, from a, a freshman who ended up redshirting last season. <laughs> you know, so. And, and, and we're going to, sorry, we're going to touch on it later in the episode. But, you know, you're talking about a team that's going up against, uh, Two guys, one was nine sacks last year, led uh, the Mid-American Conference, and one that had eight and a half. Uh, it was Koontz, and the other one was Riggins, not to be confused with Tim Riggins, uh, Tyler Riggins. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's just not boating well for, for NIU in this matchup. Yep. The offensive line wasn't that good last year, and they still have to replace a few starters this year. There's only three upperclassmen in that entire position group. So that's going to be tough for them. And one of those upperclassmen's only seen, you know, game action and one blowout win. So realistically you got two guys with experience, you know, that are, that are Letterman. So that's going to be tough for them. And that's where Bowers struggled is when the pass rush gets to him. And that's where Koontz and Riggins are going to shine. You have uh, big Eddie Wilson there in the middle as well. I think him, um, McGee is going to have a good chance as well to do some things. And I mean, if you stop this rushing game right away, there's no chance Bowers is going to be able to win it on his own because I think you're going to have that pressure no matter what. You don't even have to really blitz. You have a decent amount of your secondary back, a pre Washington, uh, Tyrone Hill. So 
and you know, I, I really like Corey Gross stepping in at the other safety position. I think I think Lance has really raved about him. He talked about him a lot when he came on Trainwreck tonight with Al and Maniac. So just looking at this team all around, that defense is going <laughs> to – it's a great matchup to put up some good numbers early in the year to get some eyes on this UB team for real. Because Koontz and Riggins – if you've looked at any of the uh, preseason draft rankings, uh, these guys were, you know, top 150 names. They can truly make a name for himself a shortened season. But if you can go 6-0, and if you can win the MAC, if you're possibly getting votes in that top 25, people will be watching. There's not a lot of sports going on right now midweek. All eyes are on you, especially on ESPN2 here. This is a great time for the defense to shine, Kanzi. Yeah, I, you know, and, and that's the thing, um, you know, kind of as nostalgia hits me in the back of the head like a brick, it, it reminds me of standing on the sidelines uh, back in, you know, 2012 and 2013 and watching Khalil Mack, um, you know, just run up and down the sidelines. And, and when you have these guys that are of elite talent, okay, um, and, and, you, and you watch these guys just pummel these, you know, these running backs in the Mid-American Conference, it, it's insane. Um, you'll, you'll start to see this season, those guys separate themselves kind of, you know, similarly to the way Khalil Mack separated himself his final two seasons at UB. Um, it's an incredible jump too. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I look for Coots and I look for Riggins, uh, even gross too. You know, we were talking about gross too. You're going to see those guys take that next step this year and you're really going to see them kind of start to take form. Uh, you know, Coons and Riggins kind of take form into those elite defensive players that, you know, they, they're they aspiring to be but what we hope they're going to be. Yeah, but I think, you know, eyes keep, – keep your eyes out on this linebacker position. I think you can see a little bit of rotation here with some of these graduate transfers. And Brendan Pine, um, who transferred from Brown, he was – I believe he was um, all Ivy, um, a former IMG Academy player, so, you know, he has the pedigree from that. Then you have Tyree Thompson as well, uh, graduate transfer from UCLA, played a lot for them. These guys might, you know, come off the bench. They might rotate in a little bit, keep your linebacking core a little bit more fresh. Um, but I, I love that. You're getting some nice transfers that can help and play some depth roles. Um, and technically, no one burns a year of eligibility, so they could really come back and play another year too. So that puts you in a great, great situation in 2021. But let's move on a little bit here and look at this UB offense. Obviously, the number one question in everyone's mind, who's going to be starting at quarterback? Jonah Bronstein has reported that it looks like Van Treese is going to be the starter. I, I think I'm going to buy into that. Lance um, wasn't tipping his hand at all to the guys on Trainwreck tonight. But I, I think just to the – the way that Van Treese led that offense when he took over, I believe he was six and two as the starter. Um, he didn't necessarily win you games with the, with his throwing, but he didn't lose you games. He did what he had to do. And he offered actually a lot more in the rushing game than I expected. I think six rushing touchdowns. So um, he can do a little bit with his legs. If he can get some of these throws to Antonio Nunn, maybe you get some of these other receivers more involved. Um, I think Bernard Porter is a name that really have a standout season um, that can really make a name for himself here. Um, Kanzi, what's your, your thoughts here with this quarterback decision? 
So I think when, you know, you know, I, I think at the beginning of the season when Myers was the, um, was the starter and then he went down and, and trees took over. I think you, you got to look at it from this perspective, from, from a coach's perspective, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I was never a college coach, but having been a baseball coach, when you're, when a player goes down and the other guys, you know, the, the, your backup fills in or your second guy, maybe your one B guy fills in, it's his spot to lose. So I'm not terribly, I'm not mad about it. I think it's a good call. I think you go with the guy that you're most comfortable with right now that, you know, uh, you know, from last season, you have the most sample size on. That's not to say Myers won't play uh, at some point, uh, whether it's this season or the next. But uh, I, I think it's a good call. I think it's a comfortable call. Uh, Tybee, we talked about it. He's a great game manager. Uh, you know, doesn't, you know, does what he needs to do for the UB Bulls offense. Uh, where Myers is a little more, you know, maybe maybe risky at times, maybe forces the ball, maybe tries to do a little too much at times. But yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm comfortable going into this game with Van Trees. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, with just how depleted NIU is, you know, on that defensive side of the ball, that maybe you see Van Trees for a quarter or two and then Myers has his own package because I think this is a good tune-up game maybe for them to kind of see how the offense runs, what packages they could use. So uh, as much as Van Trees is, is could be the, you know, the incumbent starter here, uh, I could see Myers going in later in the game, and, and maybe we get to see a little bit of that flavor uh, or, or those packages for the offense. Yeah, I think there's that potential, obviously, because what this running game could do to the Northern Illinois Huskies, they're going to have three um, – I believe freshman starters, one's a redshirt mm-hmm. freshman, two true freshmen, um, two defensive ends, and a defensive tackle. That's going to be very, very tough. I know they have a decent linebacking core, and you bring back two of your leading tacklers that both missed a lot of time with injury last year, but should feature big for them. And some guys who had to step up in their uh, in their absence are going to be there again. So, you know, that helps, but then you have (laughs) – look at the safety position, three of your top four safeties, freshmen. Um, Very – just you just can't – I can't get over how young this team is. It's going to be so tough for them to play, you know, the the MAC favorite right now in their first game. I think you can really, really take advantage of them. If this offensive line can gel early – Coyote Awasika is going to move over to left tackle. He's going to be a guy that's going to play on Sundays. So he wants to have a stellar, stellar standout performance season at that left side to show he can do both because left tackles get paid in the NFL. And then Mike Nowitzki returns. He's a sophomore and he is on the Remington trophy watch list at the center position. That is huge. So you arguably have your two most important positions um, filled right away with returners. Jacob Gale started six games for you over the past few years, and he's rotated in in many other games, goes in at left guard, easy fill for you. You bring in Jake Fusak at right tackle, started the last two games last year when Coyote went out with injury. So that's, boom, easy plug-in. They, they were great when he was in. Um, that was the Bowling Green game. We all know what happened in the Bowling Green game. Yeah, and then, do we need? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the only other spot you had to fill was right guard. Looks like Jake Clank's going to be there, the Pittsburgh native. Um, that's fine. And then you have Ray Thomas Ishman, um, the grad transfer from UMass. I could see him if Clank has issues. Ishman maybe getting in at that spot 
Ishman, Thomas Ishman started for UMass um, for three seasons, played tackle and guard. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get in there if things aren't working properly. But if they are, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks early. We all know what they can do. Kanzi, what do you think Jarrett's going to do? Because this could be this could be Bowling Green territory. So you, so you have to understand like where, where my, like when I was covering the UV bulls, like what I've seen. So I went from a bowling ball type running back, like Maurice Jones drew in Brandon Oliver, like Bo was like a smaller guy, but a real thick guy, just barreling over guys. Okay. Um, we had Brendan Murray was one too, uh, you know, um, you know, a, a bowling, like not a bowling ball back, but a solid guy. And then in 2013, you had Devin Campbell, a little more fleet footed. Now those were guys at the time. I was like, man, these are great football players. Oh man, you guys are good. You got your own place and you'd be history. No doubt about it. Okay. But Jared Patterson is on a whole nother freaking level. Like he's so shifty that, you know, we talked about not to, I'm not comparing him to LaShawn McCoy, but you know, we talk about stopping on a dime and literally just making these cuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jared Patterson can can do he can't do what LaShawn McCoy did in his prime, but he has those similar tendencies where like you think he's caught and then he just gives a little head fake or maybe that's, his feet. That's are a little where quick. the success is with Dang. the outside zone. So you know yep. he's trailing off, waiting yep. till to see where the hole opens up. There's not necessarily a designated spot always, but you go and you take what the defense gives you, and you usually exactly. boom once one foot, you cut up and you go. And that's exactly what he's made for. And the way the way his body's made, those legs are so strong. He's able to make guys miss. And then he's able to run through arm tackles so well, gets so many yards after contact. And right. the way he's able to keep his, his leverage to going around right. the corner is phenomenal. And, and that's the thing. Like what I was going to get to was you go from watching these guys who on some plays they're breaking runs and they're barreling over guys. They're getting a four yard loss Patterson. And these guys are overcompensating for what they don't have naturally. Patterson makes it look so effortless that it's like a sight to see. It's like watching, uh, you know uh, what's the saying, watching warm butter get cut with a knife or it's, it's just so smooth. I mean, the way that these guys form out, you talk about outside zone. Okay. This offensive line is very athletic, mm-hmm. so athletic that they get out in front of blocks. They seal off that end. Y- your guards are just quick. Your center is essentially, I don't want to say the quarterback of the offense, but he's read. I mean, outside zone is just an incredible offense. Um, it- it's going to be exciting to see uh, Patterson too. And guys, he's the best running back in the American conference. I mean, they might the have the two best it? running backs in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, so. let's not forget about Mark. Let's not forget about Mark. My apologies, but I'm just saying that like, you have the number one perennial star yeah. in Mid-American Conference, and then you have a 1B right behind him. So who's stopping him? I don't know. Who's stopping That's why night? I don't think the quarterback question even – I'm not worried about it because no. this reminds me – I'm going to go back to my little loop years, you know, my Pop Warner years. My <laughs> last year I had to play quarterback. Our quarterback got injured, whatever. I'll spare the story. But we had the two best running backs in the league. All I had to do was hand it off. It was the easiest thing I've ever done the easiest year of football I ever had. We won undefeated, won the championship. So for either of these guys, you should have, you realize, you know, there's no weight on your shoulders because the rest of this team can help get you there. You just have to play your role, do your one eleven, exactly. And when the opportunity presents itself, take the shot. 
and no one's going to get upset because hopefully, you know, the rest of the team, as long as all those cogs are going, we're a well-oiled machine. They're very, they're usually a very disciplined team under Lance. So I'm, I'm, I just love, love this team this year. And that's the other thing too. If you ask some of these guys, like uh, all, basically majority of my best friends played the, uh, for Buff State, and they played against Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh-huh. And I said, "Why the heck can't you stop Wisconsin Whitewater?" And they go, "Because they run a mean outside zone, and that's and, and it's great. And they run two running backs, and all they do is run the ball and pound the ball and pound the ball and pound the ball." I mean, there was that one game where my best friends were on that team, and they and they beat Wisconsin Whitewater on a fluke hook and lateral. Uh, we won't get into it. I don't want Lance to get mad about it. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, whether it's Division three football, Division two, Division one, outside zone wins football mm-hmm. games if you have the athletes. And we, the Buffalo Bulls, have two of the most elite athletic running backs in the MAC. And we have not been able to say that in, geez, I don't know how long. What? We've never had two at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And we I want to, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I got to give a shout out to Zach Lefave in the blocking game. Big tight end, six six. I think he's he might have you know some nice big catches this year too. I love using him down the seam. Very athletic, but him in the blocking is nice. And then Jake Malinick plays a little bit of that hybrid tight end H back. Used always in the blocking schemes. He's out there a ton. You got to give him so much credit. I mean, he's listed at tight end, but dare we nominate him for the low man trophy uh, this season as as the nation's top fullback? It could happen if he gets – could you imagine Jarrett Patterson goes for over 1,000 yards in six games? I think he could could get nominated for a low man. I mean, you you got to think that he's thinking, I need to get 1,000, because you got to remember, he was very vocal while playing this season. Mm -hmm. So he's out to prove – I wanted to play, and here's why I wanted to play, because he's showcasing what he can do this year, whether it's four games, whether it's five games, whether it's six games. This guy wants to play in the league, and he's going to show us in six games why he deserves to be in the upper echelon of, oh, yeah. of the draft. Oh, so. ab- absolutely. I think this is just like – it's almost like an – it's like the Jarrett Patterson exhibition, like ESPN2 <laughs> this week, ESPN next week. I think, you know, all these, all these games might get picked up nationally. If, if he, if he goes off, wow. Like if he, if he goes for a thousand yards in these six games, like, could he potentially go as a first or second round pick? I think, I think it's completely possible. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at too, what people are looking for, how he fits in their system. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to essentially. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about like what I don't know what NFL scouts thinking, but I got to imagine that somebody's going to be like, wh- who's the guy that I could look for in the mid-American conference? It's Jared Patterson. Like there's no he's on a, he's on the Maxwell list. Like he's you got to know he's there. That's that's the point. So, and two uh, yeah, running backs on the like, Doak Walker list. Oh, love it. I mean, that's insane. Um, but like I said, it all depends on how they come out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. We're, we, we're talking like we're so confident, which, you know, this should be a no, you know, an easy game here, but you know, let's pump the brakes here for a second. Sometimes Buffalo can come out and match the other opponent the first quarter of the game. Let's hope that doesn't yeah. happen, but um, I just hope they, I hope they put their foot on the gas and they just cruise. <laughs> that would be great. 
be great to watch a UB or a Buffalo football game. We're going to have to worry I mean, about that's, that, right? They did it against Bowling Green. I, I believe the first play from scrimmage, Jarrett went 75 yards. So it can happen. They do it. They have those games. They have those starts. And they looked really, really good down the stretch last season. We just really hope they can continue that. I think with Lance, they should be able to. Um, I just, you know, some of these names and the experience they have, as opposed to what Northern Illinois does, I just, I think it's a recipe to exercise a whole lot of demons for 12 straight losses against Northern Illinois. Haven't beaten them once since they joined the MAC. Um, the UB's lone win over Northern Illinois was actually their first meeting ever when they were D3 programs. Um, right. So let's finally get one in the win column. They're the last, they're the last one on the list of Mac teams to beat. So let's get it done. Kanzi, we're not getting out of here with our predictions though. What do you got? Uh, you know what, man? I didn't even get a chance to look at like, I didn't even get a chance. To Betting look at, like, line, whoa, whoa. UB minus 13 and a half right now, over <laughs> under 52 and a half. Oh my Mine God. opened at 10 and a half. Three, it's moved three points. Do I dare go above 45? Do I say that the, the Bulls put up a 50 spot? No, nah, I'm going to be fair here, and I'm going to make an assessment. I'm going to make an assessment here. I'm going to say that Jared Patterson plays, you know, a good chunk of the game, but I don't, I don't think Lance is the type of coach where if he gets up by three scores, he's going to keep his starters. He'll keep rotating his starters in regularly. So I'm going to say UB 35, and I'll say – Northern Illinois, three. I could see it. I could see it. Everyone, make sure you get to the Lockport Drive-In tomorrow. Reserve your spot early. Doors, gates, whatever. It's outside. Gates open at 5 o'clock. You got two hours to tailgate. Get out there and have fun because at 7 o'clock, it's going to be a three-hour UB touchdown celebration I, I this bulls team has all the recipes for success i think we can see them in the top 25 by year's end because there's some craziness Ooh. in all these polls with everything going on i think they could be one of these teams sneaky sneakily vying for you know maybe a higher bowl game because if jared patterson does what we all hope and expect him to do this team can really be getting a lot of national exposure. I love Jarrett Patterson going for over 150, three touchdowns. Give me a Bernard Porter touchdown. Maybe get Dom Johnson involved with a few hey, hey, t- few big get catches. Mar- get Marks a touchdown too. The guy's a workhorse. Oh, he will. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. You'll be 48. Woo! Northern Illinois, 10. Wow. Yeah. I this line just keeps moving towards UB. I don't I, I get why it's it it started at 10 and a half. I think it's more because all these unknowns going on, but think about all the unknowns when you're, you're right. you have 55 freshmen coming you're right. in. You're right. All these new faces. They hadn't even been able to see their coaches for months ever. All they were able to do is zoom. They didn't have practices with the teams. And now they're expected to go out there and play. I love you being in this situation. 
love back the experience over that youth right now. I think Lance Leipold has his team in the perfect spot to go and do the one thing he has yet to do the hump. He is not yet to get over the one thing he wants to check off that he told Alan maniac. It's that Mac title. It's that dub in Detroit. And I think this is the year Conzi that Lance gets it done. And this could be the start of a dynasty because nobody burns a year of eligibility. If Jared Patterson leaves, that's okay. We have Kevin Marks. We have Ron Cook Jr. We have Dylan McDuffie. We have talent. I love it. Lance continues to bring in more guys, a big recruiting class for next season. Not the biggest names coming in this year, but not a ton of spots available. So it was okay. Things are looking good for UB going forward, Kanzi. Any last thoughts? Yeah, so Ty, uh, I remember on uh, one of our podcasts uh, earlier for before baseball season, I said that if Marcus Stroman uh, won the Cy Young, that I would get a Stroman tattoo. So I'm going to do one better for you, okay? If the UB Bulls win a MAC championship, okay? All right, they win a MAC championship. You heard it here first on, <laughs> on, on bullet points. But I will get a UB Bulls tattoo right here on my bicep for you right on the outer end so like kind of near my like you know shoulder area a ub bulls tattoo what we'll do is we'll get the ub bulls tattoo and we'll get lance to sign a piece of paper and i'll put it right here on my arm you heard it here first folks tweet that out tomorrow and we'll see what happens that's for you ty wow i mean i did graduate from there man i can't wait yeah, yeah. So like it's just, it's basically a win-win for you. Like I get to get poked with a needle. Woo! And you get to honor your alma mater. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope I hope they can get it done. The last time we saw Northern Illinois was in Detroit. Degenerate Al was an absolute mess after that game. I don't know how they dragged him out of the stadium. He was crumpled up in a ball in his seat. I was at home in tears myself terrible 30-29 loss and the loss before that another one point loss it's time to exercise those demons let's get it out and let's run it up the same way not the same way the Bills just did to the Patriots let's truly exercise these demons let's show them who the new kings of the Mac are I think UB can really do it I really hope so Lance is gonna have them ready I know so I'm I don't know why I'm so worried right now let's go Bulls Pause Electric, 716-698-2711. Give them a shout for all your electrical needs. For Kanzi and Ty B, let's go Bulls.